Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the Race for the Case on the Yahoo College Sports Podcast. This is your chance to enrich yourself, both financially and spiritually, listening to myself, Pat Forty, with my colleague and friend, Pete Thamel, as we go through and pick our week's games and give you our withering insight into what is really a very dull slate of games for the most part. But that doesn't mean you don't want to watch, and it sure doesn't mean you don't want to bet. So we are here to assist you in figuring out where to go, both with your clicker and with your wallet. We will make the games more interesting by enabling you to bet on them. Like <laughs> we are propping up college football sorry product this week for you. So You know what? We should be we should probably be recognized by yeah, the, no, I f- I feel, yeah. the commissioners of the leagues for doing that. Yes. Yeah, we should get like our own buffet line at the national title game, you know. <laughs> well, the National Football Foundation give us an award maybe. Yes, the, uh... yes, humanitarian. Uh, we are men of the people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we are. Thank you for helping people bet on our games. Just what college football establishment likes to uh, likes to hear. Yes. Uh, congratulations are in order, though, for one Pete Thamel. He actually not only won the week last week, but got more games right than wrong. Ooh. Been a while, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, it went probably a little bit too long. What did I go, four and two? You went four and two. You sure right. did. I was three and three. So I believe the beer total now would be down to a uh, touchdown, correct? No, down to 10, I think, isn't it? Oh, sorry. you. I, I only beat you by one game. Yeah, I was up to 13, so it's down to 10. Down to 10. All right. So All yeah, right. I got to watch you, clearly, here. Yes. Trying to cook the books. But <laughs> I, Believe it or not, apathy has set in with me scoreboard <laughs> watching at this point. So. <laughs> I'm like the Baltimore Orioles. I'm not checking the standings in the paper when I wake up in the morning in Kansas City after losing to see them. 41 games behind so <laughs> I did have a like a little spurt of like possibility this week when I started 2-0 and and you started 0-2 but I in trying to come back I bit myself by talking myself into Florida State even though I thought they had absolutely no chance and it really like made any movement I've made this year like betting against them because they have been rancid this year um, a penalty filled sloppy operation terrible shop but I went against my uh, my instinct and my Irish heritage and picked them in an attempt to catch Pat Forty. But you can't you can't gunk your way in, into that, and I, I regret that. I regret my error. That's, that's you know what, and I appreciate that error because yes, that 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 was a 
counterintuitive to all of your picking for the season and counterintuitive to the common sense, which yes. is Florida State yes. would roll over and die, which they did. So <laughs> All right, this week's games, uh, we're going to get Notre, we're going to get Notre Dame in there again. We're going to get them in right away because they play the most interesting game of the week. Uh, they are in Yankee Stadium. They are playing a good Syracuse team. This is what you would think theoretically is probably becoming a bit of a road weary Notre Dame team because they have played a lot of places other than South Bend this year. Uh, Notre Dame is favored by nine point five against the Orange. Uh, it is obviously much closer to Syracuse's campus than Notre Dame's, but there will probably still be a blue million Notre Dame fans in New York City coming to that game. Uh, Notre Dame will be wearing horrendous, awful, offensive oh. uniforms, terrible uniforms. This is their Shamrock Series game where they gunk up the uniforms, and uh, they've got this Yankee theme with pinstripes. It's awful, really bad. But the team wearing them is pretty good. Pete is nine and a half points. Too many, though, for Notre Dame against your alma mater. No, I would probably take him if it was 19 and a half. I really like really? Notre Dame in this game. I've I've watched Syracuse a decent amount this year. They're often on that forlorn noon East Coast game here while I'm waiting for good games. And certainly Dino Babers deserves a ton of credit, Pat, for giving that program vision, identity, upticking the recruiting, you know, taking Eric Dungy, a modest recruit, making him a making him a solid ACC quarterback. But, you know, from talking to some coaches around the ACC this season, they really feel like the Syracuse defense, especially the back seven, the corners and the linebackers, are average as grits. Uh, Syracuse's defensive line is actually an okay ACC defensive line. But when Ian Book gets going, and I think Notre Dame has some really nice receivers and a great tight end and obviously some some pop at, at tailback, I don't think Syracuse is going to be able to slow them down. Now, I, I think this is going to be like a 51-31 type game where Notre Dame is going to figure out a way to get stops and <clears throat> Syracuse won't be able to. And that's the one place where the recruiting at Syracuse hasn't caught up yet is on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the uh, in the secondary. But I'll, I'll leave one little interesting nugget about my alma mater. Uh, speaking to people about that game this week, the thought up there is that Syracuse is much better next season. They have a transfer at tailback and a transfer at receiver from Oklahoma and Michigan State who they feel like will be upgrades on what they have at those positions and the best that they've had at those positions since that staff got there. And they also have Tommy DeVito, an Elite 11 kid who came in and saved him against North Carolina, who is a better fit to run the offense than Eric Dungy. So I do think this season ends up being a really nice step for Dino Babers in that program. And uh, it'll be interesting theater to see if Syracuse extends him after uh, after this year. He's done a nice job. Yeah, if not, well, he's, he certainly seems plenty willing to uh, to at least flirt with Louisville as a potential spot, or to, maybe it's just a, a salary ploy uh, for Babers uh, if, if Jeff Brom is not going to be the guy there. But that's getting into the coaching carousel, which you covered excellently this week, by the way. If you didn't see Pete's story on that, go check it out. Uh, coast to coast, conference to conference, he's got a lot of information in there. But it's interesting that Syracuse theoretically could be better next year without a four-year starting quarterback who's been pretty good. But no, Tommy DeVito's the real deal. Uh, I was watching that North Carolina game because it went into double OT, and he came in and bailed them out. And he threw the ball, and there were a couple, like, wow moments. you know. And it was a legitimate debate whether he would take the starting job from Dungy after that game because Dungy had uh, struggled. 
Dungey obviously got the start, responded, and has and has played really well. But there's been a feeling in that program that Devito, because of his arm, can really take this Babers offense to the uh, to the next step. And let's not forget, because they remind you when you go to Syracuse that the Baber it was Babers who basically made Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo at Eastern Illinois. There you go. That's not a small thing. So um, I'm going to go with you with Notre Dame. I kind of was tempted by the spread for a while, but start looking at it. And if book is back and, and ready to go. And by all indications, he is, it was as much almost a, a precautionary thing as anything, keeping him out against uh, Florida state. Uh, Cause I think they knew they could win with, uh, with Wimbush. Then, you know, he's been very, very productive and I could easily foresee a 300, 350 yard passing game from him as uh, several teams have had against Syracuse. Uh, certainly Western Michigan did to start the year. North Carolina did. NC State threw for 473 on them. Uh, so I think that they're going to be able to uh, to throw the ball with success. Notre Dame's receivers are playing so well. Mm-hmm. Alizé Mack, the tight end. Chris Fink. Chris Fink, so great hands. Great hands on him. Good route runner. So they've got the weapons, I think, to really exploit a secondary that may not be uh, able to match up. So, yes, I'm going to say – uh, Notre Dame as well to cover the nine and a half. So we are in agreement there. Let me do one parting thought on that game. Line of the sure. year goes to Chris Fowler, who said last week on ESPN, you know, 2018's weird when Notre Dame's resting its quarterback against Florida State to save him for Syracuse. That is when officially things have gone sideways. So I, I got a kick out of that when I saw that. So props to Chris for summing up the wackiness of 2018. The ghosts of 2007 have been yep. uh, delightfully haunting us in this season. Yeah, that's true. And uh, certainly just goes to show that all the smart people come from Colorado Springs, Chris Fowler's hometown <laughs> and mine. Uh, <laughs> and the most modest people, too. By the way. Oh, yes, absolutely. No <laughs> doubt about it. All right, Pete, second game. We're going uh, across the country. You're going to be in New York City. This game's happening in Los Angeles. Two programs that are not happy, but it's still a big rivalry game. Clay Helton in some trouble, certainly uh, disliked by the USC fans. USC has really hit the skids playing against a UCLA team that has never really gotten going under Chip Kelly. Uh, The line is USC giving three and a half. The game is in the Rose Bowl. I don't think it really matters where the game is. Question is, you know, does this, does this game for two fan bases that will be quick to t- have been quick to turn to apathy, do they get their blood up for this because it's a big rivalry game, because it's in town, because they can both get there? And which team? Really I'm sorry, wants I couldn't hear you over the yawning from Los Angeles. What did you <laughs> ask? <laughs> yeah, they're busy watching LeBron, like yeah. you know, clip his toenails there. <laughs> but uh, USC's given three and a half. Uh, where are you going on this one? Yeah, well, first of all, for all our listeners in Los Angeles, uh, obviously our thoughts are, are are with you with the dealing with the wildfires there. Certainly, that has been just the scenes and stories and images out of there have been horrific. So, hopefully, football can be a nice distraction for the uh, for the good people out there uh, again this weekend. Uh, it's been interesting th- these two programs, right? Because almost uh, UCLA sitting here with two wins, they almost have more juju than than fading USC right now, which is looking at coordinator changes, maybe a head coaching change. They would have to burn a pile of money, uh, as I wrote earlier in the week, um, to uh, in in order to do that. I mean, the way both of these programs are playing right now, I don't particularly like either of them. So it's it's a little bit of uh, I am going to. 
credit Chip Kelly for bottoming out in his first year. He went over, took a roster, looked at it, played a ton of young guys, and is smart enough to play for the future. And that is what they've done. It has not been pretty. And the one thing I've learned getting to know Chip Kelly a little bit over the years, Pat, I think you'd agree with this, he doesn't care what you think. Oh, no. not Unabashedly, unapologetically does not care. He's going to do it his way. And you know what? If you don't like it, you can fire him. <laughs> yeah. So, so who are you picking? I am picking Chip just for this earnestness in being himself. And UCLA has been more competitive. They obviously won, won a few games there after starting really slow. Um, yeah, but I don't. I, I picked this game with no conviction. Much like the people in uh, the, my apathy mirrors the people in Los Angeles' apathy towards this game. I'm with you uh, in terms of the apathy. Uh, I, I think that this is going to be one of those games where, you know, I, I, I will be just very curious to see which team wants to be there. You know, yes. I mean, who really wants to play and and who gets cranked up for this. I'm going to take UCLA as well just because, you know, I don't think there's a sense of disappointment with them. I think this is like, okay, this is who we are. Yeah. Whereas at USC, I think right now they've, they've got to be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we're this bad. And there's got to be a little bit more disappointment, dejection. Uh, the way they lost to California late Saturday it was just dreadful. They're up 14 to nothing at halftime. They have everything their way. And then they just couldn't stop making mistakes in the second half. And it was terrible penalties, terrible turnovers, terrible coaching. 41 yards on 31 snaps. And remember, Clay Helton took over the play calling a couple yeah. of weeks ago. So that's yeah. not a real good endorsement there. So I'm going to say UCLA, just based on a little more enthusiasm, uh, if they don't win, the, by golly, they certainly cover the three and a half, even if they lose by a field goal. But I'll say the Bruins probably yeah. win outright. My one last point on that, and I've been jumping in at the end here, but like I like Clay Helton a lot personally. Pat, I'm sure you dealing with him. He's a wonderful gentleman. Really a good, nice guy. A good guy. He is not a rally the troops from the depths of despair guy. That is not nope. his personality. No, it's not. And, you know, I, I really think that a lot, most head coaches, not all, need a little bit of you, you have to have a little bit of almost fear, but certainly respect for the authority figure. And I don't think he brings that with guys. I think he's more like, hey, I'm your buddy. And I, the head coach, sometimes you can't be the buddy. you got to be the tail kicker, and I'm not sure that's him. So I, I, I agree with you there. Okay, Pete, and really interesting, in my opinion, uh, Big 12 game. Uh, Iowa State undefeated under mighty Brock Purdy, the freshman third-string quarterback who has risen up the depth chart and invigorated the Cyclones. They're a three-point underdog at Texas. And the Longhorns, man, their season has just been nonstop drama. Uh, not so much off the field. It's mostly on the field. It's just all their games are close. All their yeah. games are wild, exciting. Yeah. They have played, let me see here, one, two, three, four, five, six straight one-possession games. Wow. Most recently uh, beating Texas Tech 41-34, late touchdown in Lubbock. This game's their last home game. They've had a pretty good home atmosphere uh, this season in Austin, which isn't usually the case. But uh, an important game. Iowa State can actually stay in the race to play for the Big 12 championship here. Yeah, uh, Actually, Texas can too. They're both theoretically still alive. So uh, what do you think of this one? Iowa State getting three in Austin. I think it's a sneaky good game. 
you know, for, for two programs that are on the rise now with their with their young head coaches. Uh, who knows how long Matt Campbell will stay at Iowa State, but certainly a tip of the cap to what he's been able to do there, injecting some life and interest into a program where there had been none for a very long time. Uh, and Tom Herman has gotten Texas back on track. I hate to use the word Texas and back in the same sentence, but there's <laughs> some there's some juice in that program now that there hadn't been, and they're recruiting at a high plane. And uh, I'm going to take Iowa State in this game, though. I just really think they're playing well with with Purdy. The the three points are attractive because Texas isn't blowing anybody out, right? So I uh, I think the Cyclones could certainly go there and win. They're, they're probably playing a hair better than Texas right now, and uh, yeah. But I think that is the th- that game has the best chance to be a great game this weekend. Yeah, I'm with you, and I you know I'd hate to agree with you again. I promise I'll stop it here uh, going forward. I'm just going to contrarian pick the other way from you on the last two no matter what but uh I, I i agree i first of all i really like the game i'm very excited to see it and b i i really like iowa state at this point i mean brock purdy he's a damn good story he's uh again he was the third stringer true freshman sat behind kyle kemp who got hurt then was behind zeb nolan who wasn't effective and they finally put in purdy october 6th against oklahoma state and it has been win, 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 win since then for the Cyclones. And Purdy's numbers are outstanding. He is 13 touchdowns, two interceptions, 69% completion, 192 pass efficiency rating, which is really good. So Mike Campbell does it again. Second straight year, pulls out a third-string quarterback. And we are both taking the clones there to cover the three. Uh, Big Ten West, which is basically a tub of live bait in terms of <laughs> confusion, muddling, middling, mediocrity. Did you just make that up, or is that actually like a saying? Uh, it's been said before. Okay. It, I, right, I, I was going to say, I, if you just made that up, I, like that's that's a no. that's, that is a that is a really good way to the only the only better way to describe the Big Ten West would be a tub of dead bait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We're neither of us are real high on the Big Ten West. Let's put it that way. And yes, in the squirming bottle of uh, mediocrity in that league. Northwestern has risen to the top. Northwestern has won the division somewhat against all odds. Six and one in the league, six and four overall lost to Akron, but here they are. The purple is going to Indy where it will be squashed almost certainly, but they're getting there. They have been on a roll. They are playing at Minnesota, which had its best win of the season last week, routing Purdue rather unexpectedly. Minnesota is only a two-and-a-half-point underdog, but that's because Northwestern just basically defies all explanation. They Their stats are just incredibly mediocre. They win a lot of close games. Uh, they are, let's see, one, two, three, four and two in games decided by one score this year. Uh, but they've, they've won uh, – they've won – Five conference games in a row here. So they're, you know, six conference games in a row, actually. So that's why they're at this stage. Northwestern giving two and a half on the road at Minnesota. Pete, what do you think? So I won't call Minnesota beating Purdue the most unexpected victory of the season, but I will say it was the most unexpected blowout of the season. I mean, I think Purdue had a garbage touchdown there, and it was like going to be 49 to three. I uh, obviously. P.J. Fleck made the difficult decision to def- 
to fire Rob Smith as his defensive coordinator, and the defense clearly responded. Something clicked. If you talk to Big Ten coaches who've played Minnesota, they will tell you it's a young group, but it's a very talented group, and that talent has started to show up. So I am uh, I'm going to row the boat on this one, Pat, and I'm going to make you pick Northwestern just because I know how just generally uh, generally just uh, displeased you've been with the anomalous season they've put together. Haven't they won like 13 of 14 yeah, Big Ten yeah, games? Yeah, that's the number. Yeah, by a total yeah, of six absolutely. points. <laughs> like yeah. it's like yeah. won most of them by a half a point. Yeah. Yeah. So in order to I don't have a ton of conviction on this game because I haven't seen a ton of Minnesota and I'm obviously ambivalent about Northwestern just because of their their reality doesn't quite meet their production. But I'm picking this. So you have to subliminally root for Northwestern when you watch them this week, which offends your sense of everything. It offends my pocketbook, <laughs> my sensibilities. I, I and yes, my wife's a Northwestern grad and I'm sorry, but no, I don't like your team this year, but they, they're, they're winning. Uh, so, yes, I'll take the Wildcats, and I'll lay two and a half, even though I don't believe it. Uh, especially Minnesota's been pretty good at home. They're 5-1 and one at home this year. Uh, the lone loss was to Iowa. They did beat Fresno at home. Yeah, no, beat Fresno, you know, beat Indiana, smoked Purdue. They, you know, so they've been better at home there. I think that Purdue came up with some ridiculous excuse like, well, the, we weren't ready for the cold. Really? It's You're going to play in Minneapolis, and you live in West Lafayette, and you weren't ready for the cold? I'm sorry. See this weather app? It would probably <laughs> tell you what the temperature is yeah. going to be. Yeah. No, I heard some of that, and I was a little bit yeah, like, no, huh? not with that. You know? so. so Louisville fans were happy because it probably like took the price yeah, right. down. Yeah, right. That was a $400,000 Purdue loss there. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. no, all right, I'm, I'm down with Northwestern, baby. They, they find the ways to win the close ones. They win ugly. They, they don't do. care. Pat Fitzgerald certainly. That's I'll give him credit, man. He's not there for the style points. He's like, give me what, give me one more <laughs> point than the other team. They beat Iowa fourteen to ten. Took an absolute layout miracle catch from Skowronic to win that game. That that catch will go down Northwestern lore. Uh, we'll see if they can add to the lore in Minneapolis. Go purple! Can't believe I'm saying that. One last note, just because I know Pat Fitzgerald is a huge fan of the podcast, so no he's doubt. prepared. Uh, 26 degree high, 11 degree low on Saturday in the Twin Cities. Northwestern's so, fine with that. They keep chopping, man. They're they're fine. They don't. They're 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 in Chicago, baby. They're on the North Shore there of of Lake Michigan. They're used to cold. They're good with it. Okay, last game, the game day game, the Group of Five glamour game, the ESPN makes nice with UCF game. Cincinnati, 9-1. and one. Luke Fickle, unbelievable job in his second season. At Central Florida, 22-game winning streak and all that that entails, both in terms of accomplishment and a grievance on their part against uh, the college football playoff and the establishment of the sport. They get their spotlight. They get their stage. They get a good opponent. And UCF is giving 7.5, a touchdown plus the hook to the Bearcats. Peter, your thoughts? Well, I was going to pick this game for my lock of the week if uh, it was not on our regularly scheduled slate of games. So I feel very strongly that that UCF is going to uh, is going to run this town. Um, I, I really, truly think uh, Pat's grimacing because I'm going to make him take Cincinnati. So yep. <laughs> um, I I really if you if you 
dissect what Cincinnati and, and credit Luke Fickle all 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 praise he deserves for grinding through this season but it has been it has been an ugly ugly road to uh to, to where they are right now and uh again the, at, at a place like Cincinnati where I believe they won four games last season certainly no one's complaining about style points right you don't you don't hire Luke Fickle if you want style points he is uh you know he is going to win you fo- football games in the Jim Trestle workmanlike mode but sitting at nine and one you're you're looking at a 34-30 win over Ohio U, which I watched the end of that they needed to score late. Um, they were in a tussle with Tulane, who's actually had some nice little spark. They beat SMU 26-20. Um, they have certainly had a couple blowout wins. The 42-0 win over Navy was probably the most impressive. Navy doesn't get railroaded like that all that often. Um, but uh their loss to Temple was 24-17. They they just they have not I don't think they can match up well with uh, with with UCF, and in in a weird way, we really haven't seen them against uh, against high end opponents. Obviously, UCLA was their big marquee out of conference game, but UCLA's not very good. They're probably better. They are better than UCLA, and they and they won that game twenty six seventeen. So I am uh, I am all in on the uh, on the Knights, and uh, it'll be charged up down there. I will credit Central Florida for a lot of things, including they have a great game day atmosphere down there. Just yeah. uh, they they really they they have a fan base that they're growing and they're and they're getting behind, and it it is it it feels like big time ball down there. And you know it, it looked at that Temple game uh, a couple weeks ago on Thursday. So I will uh, be taking Mackenzie Milton and the boys to uh, in a, in a runaway. Yeah, no, I mean you're right. First of all, yes, it's it's become a fun place to go. The games are fun. So kudos to UCF, and I'm sure they will be crazy happy for the uh, uh, the the game day atmosphere down there. So that's that's going to be cool for them. And yes, I would prefer to take UCF. Cincinnati's defense has been way improved. I mean, incredibly improved. Basically twice as good as they were last year numerically, but they have not played many good offenses. I mean, you know, UCLA's offense is really bad and you go through the likes of, of Alabama and you play UConn, you play, you know, even temples has been a grinder team. SMU, no, this is the worst Navy team in a long time, South Florida. eh. So they're going to run into this offense and I think it's going to be a reality check. However, since I have been tasked with taking the Bearcats, I will. The hook is going to save me, Pete. The hook will uh-huh. save me. Uh-huh. UCF 31, Cincinnati 24, Bearcats cover. Desmond Ritter, Louisville St. Xavier High School product, throws a touchdown pass late to cover. When it's 31 nothing, I'm going to text you a screenshot of the uh, score from my phone with hashtag hook on it. So. <laughs> hey. Just remember, I, I have given you the luxury really all season of letting you pick first on all of these games, including the lock. So, But you get to hear my genius and then make your picks. <laughs> and then run the other way. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. You're just the Costanza of pickers. That's all. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, I'm, all right. car- I'm carrying you, Forty. You and all your logoed pullovers. <laughs> That's right. This is a Saint X Louisville Saint X logo right here, baby, that I'm wearing. All right, you gotta you gotta go with Desmond Ritter. Desmond the Ritter Bearcast solidarity team. right here, right now. Okay, what's your lock, Pete? Well, I am going to go to Manhattan, Kansas, where the sad downward spiral of the end of Bill Snyder is playing out before our eyes, and uh, 
I'm going to go guns up with Cliff Kingsbury and the boys. They are giving six points in Manhattan. This is a game that most years Bill Snyder figures out a way to win because he is kind of a wizard. But the magic is gone. I think I think K-State finishes 4-8, and eight, and there's difficult conversations to remove Bill Snyder at the end of the year. And I think this is a pretty good Texas Tech team. Now, they have not been great the last few weeks, but they've certainly been able to score points. That has clearly been a weakness for Kansas State. So I would be curious how the wind is in that game because that would certainly be a factor out there on the plains, and Texas Tech likes to likes to chuck it around. But I'm going with Jet Duffy and the boys uh, in that one to uh, to go in there and, and, and light up the scoreboard and hasten the end of the Bill Snyder era. I will take guns up 31 to 10. Okay, you know, hater running off the the elder statesman of the game. Fine. <laughs> oh, because you just love Bill Snyder. It's, 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 <laughs> no, I mean, I, such I, a I, such a little cabbage patch kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I agree with you that it's time to go. So uh, I, I I will not uh, take fault with your lock pick. I take fault with all of my lock picks, which have just been atrocious for like a month running. Uh, I went through a couple of possibilities here for my lock. I considered taking Cal. As a two-point home dog against Stanford, but I'm going to see my daughter, the Stanford student, and the whole Stanford women's swim team at the Ohio State Invitational this weekend, and I don't want to be on the wrong side of that group, so I'm not going there. Uh, I considered Wake Forest as a home dog, getting five and a half against Pittsburgh, because I liked what Wake did last week against North Carolina State to rally to win. But Wake's got to stop what has become the best running attack in America, and I don't think that's their strength, so I'm not going there. Instead, I am settling on Utah and Colorado. And I am taking a team that's probably playing as badly as anybody out there in the Colorado Buffaloes. They are on a five-game losing streak, but they're going to cover... The I won't say it's seven and a half. Let me look here real quick here. Well, I'll uh, I'll seven. inform our audience that you are doing this in the wake of a report this morning that their coach will be fired at the end of the year. So Correct. clearly they'll be clearly there's a lot of good mojo in that program. Well, here that's going to help them. Reason me out here, Petey. Yeah, you, they're playing Utah at home. Last home game, they're going to rally for Mike McIntyre. They're going to play. They're going to show something. They're going to show some sparks. Show some spunk. Utah has become their rivalry game. This is basically what Colorado has now. Utah, on the other hand, is badly injured, and they overcame it last week. But sometimes you see teams elevate themselves and do that for a game. Can they sustain it? Quarterback, out for the season. Best running back, out for the season. I'm going to say it catches up for the Utes at Folsom Field. Inspired Colorado loses by less than seven. Buffs cover. All right. Well, that's going to spot me a few more beers then. So I, I appreciate your I appreciate your perspective. Uh, taking the team that has fallen on their face harder than pretty much any in the uh, FBS in the last uh, in the last six weeks. And uh, yeah, is Mike McIntyre really a rally around kind of guy? I mean, I guess they committed to him and they play for him and they have to see yeah. him every day. But he's got I some do spunk. Not... He does. He's got some spirit. He's got a little spunk. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. 
I mean, look, I got to I got to pick somebody here. All you right? do. You, know? you do. So. Yeah, nope. Fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. I hope the Stanford swimmers listening to this mock you when they see you at the <laughs> swim meet this weekend no, for I'm, your uh, for your Pac-12 tomfoolery. Out of respect for them, I am not taking the Golden Bears in the big game out there. So they they should thank me and laud me for that. You're getting soft on us, forty. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta have somebody like me. Might as well start with my kid. So. <laughs> all right that's the race for the case podcast for this week enjoy the games bet with moderation everyone and we will be back monday for the overreaction monday podcast have a good weekend